the Popcorn Playbook, a critical take on the wide world of sports movies. I don't know why I'm the only one that picks that. But I know I'm here now because the two of you kept the league alive. For the life of me, I don't know why they didn't sign you. They should have picked it's you. Over. It's over! It's over! And I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. Like just because you're the first, it don't mean you're going to be the last. You ain't got to worry about me. Don't you ever go worrying about Satchel Page. Every year since 2004, Major League Baseball has celebrated Jackie Robinson Day on April 15th to commemorate the day Robinson became the first black player in the modern era to play in the major leagues. Now, I say in the modern era because there had been black players in the majors way back in the 1800s. Some of these were light-skinned players who passed as white, but others, like Moses Fleetwood Walker, were simply allowed to play for a short time, until around 1885, when the team's owners decided to rigidly enforce the so-called color line. And as Jim Crow's segregation spread and intensified in the early 20th century, its grip on baseball tightened even more. Kennesaw Mountain Landis became the first ever commissioner of Major League Baseball in 1920. Before that, the team owners more or less regulated themselves. But after the Black Sox scandal of 1919, the owners decided that, if only for the sake of public perception, they needed someone impartial to head the league. Landis was an Illinois district judge with a reputation for being theatrical and uncompromising. Supposedly, Landis once handed out a five-year sentence to an elderly defendant who protested that he might not live that long. Landis's response was, well, you can try, can't you? Kennesaw Mountain Landis was a bad motherfucker. He was 17 feet tall, he had 150 wives. He didn't do that much except he saved the game of baseball. He put two and two together and he noticed it was four. Now the treachery of Shoeless Joe can't hurt us anymore. And he'll always be remembered as Kennesaw Mountain Landis. Landis's first act as commissioner was to hand out lifetime suspensions to the eight Chicago White Sox players who had been accused of throwing the 1919 World Series. But the other thing Landis is most remembered for during his 24 years as baseball commissioner is upholding the unspoken color line that kept black players out of baseball. Publicly, he denied any segregationist actions on his part, declaring, There is no rule in organized baseball prohibiting their participation, and never has been to my knowledge. If any manager wants to sign one or 25 Negro players, it is all right with me. But behind the scenes, multiple owners claim that Landis blocked their attempts to sign black players. Landis died in 1944 and was succeeded by Albert Happy Chandler, and support for integrating baseball immediately increased. Part of this shift was also due to the number of African Americans in the U.S. Armed Forces during World War II. Commissioner Chandler told the press, 
If they can fight and die in Okinawa, Guadalcanal, in the South Pacific, they can play baseball in America. Branch Rickey, the president and general manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers, was the most vocal proponent for integration. On August 28, 1945, less than a year after Kennesaw Mountain Landis' death, Rickey signed Jackie Robinson to a minor league contract. And on April 15, 1947, Robinson made his major league debut with the Dodgers. As I mentioned at the beginning, every April 15th since 2004, Major League Baseball has honored this historic event with Jackie Robinson Day, when every player on every team wears Jackie's number 42. But in 2020, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Jackie Robinson Day had to be pushed back to August 28th. On that same day, actor Chadwick Boseman, best known for playing Black Panther in the Marvel movies, died of complications from colon cancer. The tragic irony of this timing is that Bozeman had played Jackie Robinson in the 2013 film 42. You give me a uniform. You give me a, a number on my back. I'll give you the guts. Now, while I thought Bozeman gave a very strong performance as Jackie Robinson in 42, I didn't love the movie overall. It felt a bit simplistic at times. Too many of the characters felt one-dimensional. Either they're 100% behind Jackie or they hate his guts. And the film concludes with a very sentimentalized climax that celebrates Jackie's rookie season, but also undermines how much work was still left to do with racism in this country. And perhaps some of my complaints or disappointments with 42 stem from the fact that I had already seen a better Jackie Robinson movie, Soul of the Game. I signed on this organization to play baseball. This is not baseball. You got clowns out there doing some kind of song and dance. How hey, do you expect me to join? Hey, don't you tell me what's baseball. Well, don't expect me to play that my position. clown out there paying your wages. You think all these people came out here today to watch Jackie Robinson? Soul of the Game is an HBO original movie from 1996. It's about Branch Rickey and the Dodgers' plan to become the first major league team to sign black players, and it focuses on three of the potential players they're scouting, Jackie Robinson, Satchel Paige, and Josh Gibson. Robinson, of course, needs no introduction. He's a household name, even to non-baseball fans, a player who transcended sports. But the names Page and Gibson are largely only known to fans with a deep knowledge of the game's history, which is really a travesty because we're talking about two of the best players of all time. Satchel Page was a dominating pitcher who was known as much for his showmanship as for his control. The most popular and bankable star of the Negro Leagues, Page knew that the fans were there to see him just as much as they were there to see him pitch. He'd employ all kinds of theatrical wind-ups, taunt the opposing players from the mound, or tell his fielders to sit down and take a rest because he was definitely going to strike this guy out. Sometimes he'd show up to the ballpark after the game had already begun, jog straight out to the mound and take the ball just to make a more dramatic entrance. 
gentlemen, Satchel Paige has arrived. Yes, sir. Delroy Lindo plays Paige in Soul of the Game and does a phenomenal job playing up his wit and confidence. I'm putting you in after the third. Mm-hmm. Satch is starting this dance. You haven't warmed up. I ain't never cooled off. Along with Satchel Paige, the other superstar of the Negro Leagues was slugging catcher Josh Gibson. Uh-oh, uh-oh, ladies and gentlemen, here he comes. The Black Babe Ruth, yes sir. Gibson supposedly hit over 800 home runs in his career, more than any major league player ever, although that number can't really be verified because records of Negro League games were not rigorously kept. Gibson is played here by Michael T. Williamson, probably best known for playing Bubba in Forrest Gump. Williamson plays Gibson as a man struggling with a lot of inner demons. At times, he can be just as lighthearted and playful as Paige, especially when the two of them face off. You look like you're slowing down there a little bit. You look like you get a little thick, flabby around the middle there. Oh, that, that just them poke chops your wife been feeding. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. While I was over at your mama's house. Yeah, she told me about that. But other times, Gibson is searing with rage over the fact that someone with his talent is being denied a chance from playing in the majors. They know if I go up there, I'll break all them stinking white records. Babe Ruth, Gehrig, every goddamn one. But if Satchel Paige and Josh Gibson were the two best black players at the time, and everyone who followed the Negro League seems in consensus that they were, how come it was Jackie Robinson and not either of them who became the first black player in the majors? <clears throat> now, as important, no, more important than their ability on the field is their character. That's what I want you to dig into. I want to know about their backgrounds. We want the type of man here that the press will be forced to support. That's Edward Harriman as Branch Rickey, explaining to his staff what he's looking for in a black player. And this is where he runs into problems with Paige and Gibson. One is a showboat, the other has a nasty temper. How would either of them handle the belligerent racism they'd have to face from the fans and from their own teammates? But one of Paige's teammates on the Kansas City Monarchs does show more of the character that Ricky is looking for. Jackie Robinson. Why? I, I mean, why not some of the big names like Satchel Paige or, or Gibson? Well, let's talk about Jackie Robinson. You have the bearing to stand in the spotlight and the background to stand up to the scrutiny. Yes, but none of that means a damn if I hit 240. The most important thing, Mr. Ricky, is what happens on that field. I mean, the, the first has to excel or he fails, and you know that. It's an interesting debate between the two, with Ricky emphasizing character and fortitude, while Jackie seems to be saying that fans are fans, and at the end of the day, all they really care about is, can a guy hit? Jackie was not the only black player in the majors in 1947. The second black player in the modern era was Larry Doby of the Cleveland Indians, who made his debut just a few months after Jackie Robinson. But unlike Jackie, who had a terrific rookie year, Doby struggled, only appearing in 29 games and batting a paltry 156. 
And unfortunately, this lent credence to those who thought the signing of black players was nothing but a publicity stunt. Even the great Rogers Hornsby said, if Dobie were white, he wouldn't be considered good enough to play with a semi-pro club. Now, starting in his second season, Dobie settled in and wound up putting together a Hall of Fame career. But imagine if Jackie Robinson had struggled as much as Dobie right out of the gate. That might have killed the attempt at integrating baseball before it even really had a chance. So, while Ricky's points about character are certainly valid, I like that this scene acknowledges that performance on the field is vitally important too. And I like that Jackie, who's played here by Blair Underwood, seems a little unsure about whether he can actually pull this off. He knows he isn't as good a player as Paige, Gibson, or probably even some of the others, and yet he knows he's going to have to be that good for all their sakes. Still, the fact that better players like Paige and Gibson are being passed over doesn't sit well with any of them, Jackie included. And this is really the drama and conflict at the heart of Soul of the Game. Hey, Satchel, what you reckon you gonna do about this boy here? Jackie is portrayed as an outsider, even among his black teammates, just because he went to college and served as an officer in the Army. I heard you just got out of the Army. That's right. So what you do? Platoon leader, 761st Tank Battalion, Camp Hood. You a sergeant? Lieutenant. An officer? Man, that kind of position, I mean, what you were doing must seem a lot different from this. Uh, I don't know, there are some areas where the skills are similar. Like what? Like the discipline of managing your time, setting goals, taking personal responsibility for seeing them through, you know, things like that. You can hear both in his diction and attitude how different Jackie is from someone like Satchel. And unfortunately, this leads to turmoil with his black teammates who don't feel like he's really one of them. I think Wilkie went out and finally got himself a good old white boy. Oh, yeah. He looks black enough, y'all. Show sure don't sound like it. Maybe like some old fancy house nigga or something. Oh! 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 A player who gets into a locker room brawl with his teammates probably doesn't sound like someone who Branch Ricky is looking for. Fortunately for Jackie, though, he gets some advice from Satchel. I know somebody else just like you, Robinson. Got demons eating you up inside. You best piss them out, Junior, otherwise they're going to eat you alive. The bitter irony, of course, is that this advice is one of the key things that will lead to Jackie being chosen for the Dodgers over Satch. And at this point, I just want to stop and wax poetic for a bit about Delroy Lindo's performance as Satchel Page. He brings so much nuance and depth to the character. Lindo's Page is a wisecracking smart aleck one minute. Are you a fisherman, Mr. Page? Well, it's the best thing in the world next to loving. Man don't have to be much good in me, man. You still have yourself a real time. <laughs> the next, he's astute and street smart. My scouts tell me that you've never pitched more than two or three innings in a game. They tell you I'm getting 15% of the gate. And in his more private moments, he's passionate and sincere. I feel this. I feel this. 
Satch, you better not be fooling me. Nah, I ain't fooling with you. Now, this thing been talking to me for weeks now. I've been flipping this thing around and around. That's the only way it comes up. We're going to the major leagues, baby. Delroy Lindo said that one of the biggest things he wanted to bring out was the way Page used humor as a defense mechanism. What Lindo called a lightness of touch, a lightness of being, a humorous way of responding to things even when one is feeling devastated. Oh, no, no, a smart fella told me what you don't go for showboating. I ain't ashamed of nothing I've done in this game, not nothing. If you get in Satchel Page, you get in Satchel Page. And as a man, he's going to walk out that dugout and he's going to annihilate whatever plug they sent up against him, black or white. I think it's an absolutely amazing performance. One of the best ever performances in a sports movie. One of the best ever performances in any movie. For me, Delroy Lindo is Satchel Page. This is a great country. We got maybe anything possible. <laughs> and the other actors are no slouches either. Williamson's Josh Gibson is fiery but sympathetic. Underwood's Jackie Robinson is assertive and articulate. And the three of them together create a terrific dynamic. After they send you down, they all be like, what we take? Damn colors ain't no good. I just picked you the crackers with declare a holiday. First colored man in the majors is a fat, sloppy, doped up drunk. Another performance I want to note is Edward Harriman as Branch Rickey. Harrison Ford got a lot of acclaim for his performance as Ricky in 42, but personally, I thought his avuncular depiction of Ricky was a little saccharine. He came across a little too noble, a little too altruistic. There was something unfair at the heart of the game I loved, and I ignored it. But a time came when I could no longer do that. What I like about Harriman's performance in Soul of the Game is that Branch Rickey comes across as a good, just person, but also a sharp businessman. I have owned the Monarchs for 26 years. We conduct ourselves honorably in this league. Your league was created to hide the profits of racketeers and hustlers. I will not traffic with such a league. There's also a suggestion that Ricky's desire to sign black players wasn't solely because it was the right thing to do, but also because he wanted the recognition and fame for being the owner who single-handedly stood up and broke the color barrier. Oh, God, it couldn't be worse. Someone found out? LaGuardia and his damn committee. They're threatening sanctions if Negroes aren't signed. I've got to head this off. Why? I I mean, won't that take some of the heat off of us? No, it looked like we caved into pressure. I will not be denied our place in history, not by a politician. And indeed, Ricky and the Dodgers would go down in history for the signing of Jackie Robinson, which is where the story sometimes ends. But of course, there's a lot more to tell, not only about what Jackie had to endure once he got to the Dodgers, but also about what happened to the other black players, the ones who either didn't make it to the majors until much later or never made it at all. You say nothing, gay man. So we rained out today. We just don't have to kick their butt tomorrow. Soul of the Game is a celebration of the Negro Leagues and of Jackie Robinson's historic accomplishment. But it's also a lament for all the fantastic black players who were robbed of the opportunity to play a game that they loved and excelled at. (laughs) 
Satchel Paige did eventually pitch in the major leagues for a few years, well past his prime. Josh Gibson never made it at all. He died of a stroke at age 35, just a few months before Jackie made his major league debut. Jackie Robinson, Satchel Paige, Josh Gibson. All three should be household names, along with Ruth, Manol, and DiMaggio. But only one is. Some might say one is better than none. Others would say it isn't enough. I'm recording this episode in 2020, shortly after many U.S. sports teams boycotted games in protest of police violence against African Americans. It's a year that has left us wondering how much progress we've really made since Jackie Robinson. One of Satchel Paige's most famous quotes is, Don't look back. Something might be gaining on you. Let's hope that something is not the ghost of Kennesaw Mountain Landis. listening to the popcorn playbook the song featured in this episode kennesaw mountain landis is by the talented and hilarious jonathan colton from his album smoking monkey you can learn more about colton and purchase his music at jonathancolton.com i want to include one final anecdote about satchel page in 1971 he appeared as the mystery guest on the tv game show what's my line where the blindfolded panel tries to guess his identity through a series of yes or no questions. Now, they had already figured out that the mystery guest was an athlete, so Soupy Sales asked if he was ever a champion. Before Satchel himself could respond, listen to what the show's host, Wally Bruner, says. Oh, he's well-known in the sports world. Is that because you are uh, a, a, a champion or you have been a champion? I don't think you could ever call this gentleman anything else. Yeah. Next episode, we're going to do something a little different. Not one movie, but five. And I guarantee you haven't seen any of them.